Okay, we're going. Hello, everyone. This is Sam Stecker, superintendent of East Butler Public Schools, bringing you another episode of the NCSA radio podcast. NCSA is the Nebraska Council of School Administrators, your premier organization to increase your professional acumen in our great state. I am joined by KSB Law Firm. I am pretty excited about this. I don't know if you guys know this, but I was raised by an attorney. Oh, wow. That's so I, sorry. Not, not, just any yeah. not just any attorney, former U.S. attorney for the state of Nebraska, a Bush appointee, who right now is at my house with my wife, who is a diehard Hillary fan. So I'm not sure what I'm going to come home to, <laughs> <laughs> but I hope it's all right. So, well, according to Twitter, the Bush family, at least some of them, wouldn't have a problem with that. So I, I saw that recently. Not bringing that up over dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Anyway, uh, before we really get rolling, rolling, I always like everybody to introduce themselves. So why don't you say who you are and a little bit about yourselves? So I'm Karen Hasse. I am the K from KSB. I am Steve Williams. I'm the S from KSB. <laughs> and Bobby Truey. Uh, that leaves the B for me. That leaves the B for me. Uh, everybody who listens to the podcast knows I like to, I like to start off with the tradition and say, Who's your favorite teacher? Who's the best teacher ever? Because really that's what this podcast is all about, is making education better in our state. So I'll throw that out there, any or all of you. Tell me about the best teacher you ever had. Well, I'll start, um, because they both looked at me. Uh, (laughs) I'm a Creed High School graduate, and the teacher that probably influenced my life the most is Mary Wagner Georgie, who I think just recently retired. She was still uh, on the staff there when I in-serviced them last. Uh, Mary was the drama coach and speech coach, and um, obviously I'm neither dramatic nor uh, speaky, so... Uh, you no, know, I've but, never seen either of those, ever. I was so horrible when I first started uh, on the speech team, and uh, she just, I mean, literally, the woman changed my life, because I use the skills that Mary Georgie gave me every single day. So, you know, if you think you're not making a difference out there, you really, really are. Marilyn, gentlemen, anything to add? Um, I, well, I have a three-way tie. My second grade teacher, Holy Mrs. Cow. Bracey. Uh, I moved around quite a bit in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Um, I would say she, she, made me, she was the first person that made me feel welcome at school, uh, and she was the first one that kind of indicated, well, you might be kind of smart, so that was always nice. Uh, my third grade teacher, Mrs. Wise, who I think uh, may have helped me get my sarcastic, snarky sense of humor, because that's how she was, uh, and also... Help me enjoy school. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Coach Nolan, who was a teacher in high school but was not my teacher, who was an old crotchety baseball coach from, <laughs> from the old school of, way of doing things, and, and just love that man. So I would say those three. I probably ha- I have two. I'm going to get to give you two levels, Sam. Number one uh, was my high school math teacher, Rita Amen. Um, she was somebody never married, um, devout Catholic. Uh, I liken her to... Uh, you know how your parents are really stupid as a teenager, and then they get smarter when you leave? I'm familiar with the concept, She was, yes. she was the, well, I have a two-year-old daughter, and so I'm yeah. sure she'll feel the same way, but she was the one that after you left high school and were in college for a year or two, you're like, holy crap, that's the best teacher I ever had, but didn't really get a lot of that credit when she was there, and so it, a couple things it told me. One, um, effective teachers aren't just the most popular teachers. That's something mm-hmm. to keep in mind, and, and, and popular teachers can be popular for the wrong reasons. Um, a lot of my classmates feel the same way. Number two was Eric Berger, my um, constitutional law professor in law school. Uh, he, <clears throat> I'd started clerking uh, with the firm with Karen and working with Karen and Steve uh, and questioned whether somebody could actually have a practice which involved First Amendment issues and constitutional mm-hmm. law issues. 
And he's the one that encouraged me to really explore that and to, to express an interest in it and to say, yeah, I want to do that stuff. Not a lot of lawyers get to do what we do as representing public schools. And so having somebody who said, oh, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, I wouldn't, if that's what you like, I'd go for it. Um, and so he was a fantastic teacher, right but also somebody that helped probably propel me into school law when I didn't really know all that much about it either. So he's responsible. He's the one we should He's blame. the one to blame. <laughs> he, it is his fault. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of representing schools, we're all gathered here today because we just finished up with the Nebraska Council of School Administrators School Law Update which, you know, in speaking to my peers, they love coming to this thing because you guys can offer great perspective and make us feel good that we haven't made some of the decisions that you guys talk about. And we can leave and hopefully go back and not make bad decisions based on the experiences you've shared. Uh, One of the things I wanted to hear from you guys is if you could give one piece of advice or as many pieces of advice as you would like to our administrators in our state and say, here's what you need to be doing. Here's your best practice to stay out of trouble. So that's what I hear from my peers all the time is I just don't want to get into trouble. Uh, what would that advice be? Or what would those multiple pieces of advice be? I'd say one, stay current on the law by attending these kinds of sessions. Um, it's better to get your legal advice from the attorneys or from the Department of Education instead of your neighboring superintendent who may get it right or may get it wrong uh, because a lot of times we get that response from, well, our neighbor's always done it that way and they haven't gotten in trouble, so we're going to do it. Or my predecessor always did it that way, so we're going to continue to do it. So that would probably be my number one piece of advice, just stay current and come to these kinds of sessions and, and stay current on the law. Well, I, I would have, I agree with that 100%. I would probably add two things. One, I think that um, there is kind of a um, old school approach to contacting the school attorney that uh, good administrators do it on their own, and then only after the lawsuit is filed, then, gosh darn it, i got to call the lawyer. Um, and I think that is an inefficient and a, sort of a bad use of school resources. Um, it's true that you don't pay a bill every month for calling the lawyer, but you're going to pay a gigantic bill mm-hmm. when you do get sued. Um, I think sort of the new sort of education leader philosophy instead of the manager and administrator philosophy, the education leader philosophy is we're going to solicit input from the attorney and, and from neighbors and make a informed decision. So I think calling more often but spending less is really, really a, a, a forward-thinking way to do it. And I think both those perspectives are really interesting because one of the things I've appreciated about being in the superintendency is I really feel as though there's more help and support than in any other position I've ever held. Superintendents want to see other superintendents be successful. Yes. And at the same time, when it comes to that legal advice, not everybody has been through the same issues. And it is a higher standard of consequence. And Sometimes attorneys and dentists and lawyers, uh, or excuse me, attorney, dentists, and doctors all get lumped into the same thing. Oh my gosh, I have to go see this because something is wrong. There's nothing wrong with some preventative care. Make those calls. Find out how bad you're screwing up before you screw up, before you make these decisions. And I do think a lot of people are hesitant because they go, well, that bill's going to come. A good perspective to have is there's a way larger bill down the road if you don't make that call. we, We make... From a financial standpoint, we make more money from people that call us rarely, but when they're in crisis, because then we have to go through and unwind everything that's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, you want to say something? Yeah, one thing I would add, um, well two, real quick. Number one, 
some of our most sophisticated superintendents that understand the law the best call the most. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just an illustration of that. Two, those superintendents that really embrace this concept of I'm an education leader, I'm the leader of the school, uh, they view legal issues as part of their attempts to instill a good culture, not roadblocks to instilling that. So they... They really, they view it as, look, give me my options, let's talk through the options. So rather than, you know, hoping that it's not a problem later and then running into an issue which just, you know, got rid of all the good stuff they tried to do, the, they, sophisticated users of legal services that are school administrators, mm-hmm. uh, they really buy into that concept that, that you should make that part of the day-to-day that you have to do and not some, not going to the dentist, just like you said. And sometimes really good administrators will say, your advice to me is to do X, I don't believe X is the right course for my district. <laughs> uh-huh. We're going to do Y, mm-hmm. and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's actually really smart. Um, and then we can talk about, okay, if you're going to do Y, let's mm-hmm. talk about ways to, to mediate the possible consequences. And I do think it's interesting, you know, Bobby, you said some of our superintendents that are the most law savvy, there's a reason why they got to be that way. And it's from making those phone calls. It's, it's like you said, Steve, from attending these conferences that if you don't, nobody has awesome teeth just because they show up to the dentist when it hurts. Mm-hmm. You've got to do that maintenance. You have to do those things to make sure that you're informed, that you see what those contemporary topics are, and that when you're not sure, you make those calls. It's, I've known you guys for a while. You're not that scary. I've never walked away <laughs> limping whenever I've talked with any of you. Well, you're the, the same lucky one at this table. <laughs> yeah, same way, yeah. Same way with Greg and company. I've yeah. never been limping when I've walked away from yeah. Greg, so we're good to go. Uh, on the other side of that, I also know there's and you know, a lot of educators, a lot of administrators who are doing some great things that's, all right, this makes sense. You are going to be on the right side. You're going to take care of your students, and you are going to be legally sound because of this. What are some things you see our administrators doing? It's like they've got it figured out. Well, you didn't get a. You go. You start. It's your turn. Well, I think, well <laughs> so equitable. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Uh, the uh, again, probably back to the number one thing. The administrators, I think, that have it figured out goes back to what Karen said: is they're not afraid of the answer they're going to get. They're going to get that answer, and they're going to decide what's best with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, school administrators are expected to be a ton of different things, right? The superintendent is a psychologist. In addition to an education expert, is expected to be a legal expert. Is expected to be an evaluatory expert. They 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 wear so many hats. I think the people that have it figured out really do. Uh, Look at it from this is another. If you if you have a school attorney giving you good advice, and I, I agree, I think all of our school attorneys in the state, um, whoever you might call, would would work with you in this way. Say, well, here are the issues. Let's talk through them. I don't think school attorneys, unlike some, for example, other attorneys out there who help give us a bad reputation, pretend that we have all the answers. We have the options, and we have the way to talk through it. The people that have it figured out understand that, and they're not afraid then of being told that's just the wrong answer. But if, you, mm. but if you want to do that, let's talk about what that means. Makes sense. And I think a lot of the administrators who are doing a good job are proactive with their handbooks and policies, which is another way for them to stay current and understand, oh, I didn't know that changed. Um, and we actually have, we, we have a policy service that we, that we send out. We have a couple of superintendents who, and boards who sit down and truly work through, through each of those policies and come up with questions for us that we never even considered saying, hey, what if this happens? How does this policy address it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're able to tell, other times it's like, oh, it doesn't. And so they help us grow as well. 
um, but they do a great job of truly, instead of just receiving policies and handbooks and rubber stamping them and approving them, they work through them with their boards mm-hmm. uh, and, and try to come up with hypotheticals and scenarios, or they have that troublemaker mm-hmm. uh, in the community who they try to use that as the hypothetical throughout, and they try to see how does this policy help or hurt us, and then change things accordingly. Mm-hmm. And then kind of kind of uh, consistent with that, kind of a different thing that I think administrators that really haven't figured out, and this is true of building principals all the way up to superintendents, is they have good people skills. When young administrators, like somebody in an administrative preparation program says, what's, what's the best advice you can give me? Learn your community. Know mm-hmm. how to manage relationships. Make investments in people. Um, that the, the ability to manage difficult things comes so much from the emotional capital you've got in the bank oh, with the people that, so that you're you around. That. And I, I think that's, I, I can help you with the legal answer, I can look up the statute, but if you've never developed a relationship with this community member who's mad at you, I can't do that for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so that those relational pieces, working with boards, it's just huge, huge, I, huge. And that makes so much sense, Karen. You know. I can remember, you guys had lunch with the new superintendents today, and I remember as a new superintendent being at that lunch, and one of the things that Dan Ernst said, this really fits in this, as a superintendent, you need to be hard on issues and easy on people. And that speaks to that relationship piece. We have a legal standard that we need to abide by. We have these policies, and yeah, they can be confusing, and we need to be hard and fast on that. But if we don't build those relationships, all of a sudden, that policy that we are trying to administer isn't received so well. But with that human capital, that emotion put in there, sometimes a really hard answer, that's the right answer, becomes easier for people to hear. So I think that's great advice, too. Um, I believe I, this is something that I think has gotten really interesting. I say all of, all of all three of you on Twitter, and it used to be that Twitter's like, seriously, Sam, you got that from Twitter? Now I can say, well, this is what KSB tweeted out. Really, they tweeted something out, and it's like, it's actual advice. It's like an actual resource. It's a good idea. And one of the things that I wanted you guys don't to say share, advice. We never give legal. They never give advice. <laughs> no, I have advised people to follow the members of KSB on Twitter, but there's no actual legal advice. There's some perspective there. Maybe some resources. There you go. I like that. That's a good, good answer. But one of the things when we. Uh, we have a young firm, and when we founded KSB, we want to be members of the education community. Mm-hmm. And that means I follow you on Twitter, you follow me mm-hmm. on Twitter. We have that professional development that mm-hmm. goes, it's good for the educators, but it's awesome for us. Mm-hmm. We learn a lot from the educators that we follow. We, so we I, lurk on NebEd chat all the time. Yeah. Right? We, we just do that sort of stuff. You, if somebody calls me with a really in-depth special education issue, and I have no idea the programs and services they're talking about, mm-hmm. how do I put that into a, a digestible legal piece of advice. Makes sense. The other thing that's nice is there's so much garbage on Twitter, so it's nice to have some real good content. (laughs) Anyway, but, and this doesn't need to be specifically Twitter, but I always like to ask, because we have so many great resources in education in this state, and from a selfish standpoint, I love doing this podcast because I ask this question, and I find out who else should I be connecting with. Who is somebody else in the state of Nebraska, or maybe even beyond the state, that you're think this is a great resource if you're in education in leadership in Nebraska look this person up because you will benefit from it well the person I thought of um, is not from Nebraska so now I feel bad no, that's okay um, I expanded but, on that you're right okay. there don't worry um, I, I actually am just in love with the work of Brene Brown She's right. a professor in Texas. She describes herself as a shame researcher. <laughs> so she deals with um, concepts of guilt and shame. But, but she 
uh, provides incredibly valuable advice in terms of standing in the arena and, and being the person that's doing the right thing. And sometimes that means you're going to take a punch, right? And then how are you going to get back up and fight from that? I think Brene has like five different books. I have them all on my Kindle. Um, I follow her on Twitter. My daughter actually had to do a speech today in college, and she goes, well, I went and looked up that all that Brene Brown stuff you sent me, and uh, gosh darn it, it's actually pretty good. So if, if you're interested in positivity and emotional investment in people and, and taking good care of yourself and taking care of your relationships, I think Brene has phenomenal stuff to contribute. Right on. Fellas, what do you got for me? I am a terrible Twitter user, so <laughs> I'll cheat and say, truly, the people, this pains me, uh, the people at this table. Um, <laughs> that does hurt you. It hurt a lot. <laughs> this is an audio podcast, but if you could have seen the face, was it looked as though the roast beef at lunch didn't set well with you. And That's I fully I expect you're going to edit that part out <laughs> and editing, so. uh, but, but truly, Bobby and Karen are very active uh, uh, Twitters, uh, users, and posters, on what the law is, what decisions are. You do a good job of doing yes. not only law, but but educational pieces that lawyers sometimes ignore and, and don't pay attention to. Um, and so that's helpful to me to keep up with that perspective because we, we tend to get on our high horse sometimes and preach at you guys about here's what the law is and here's mm-hmm. what you have to do. There's a more realistic part of it as as you said, the people part. Um, and so that to me is, is helpful to see the research and, and all of those things. So that's... That's what I look at. Um, mine is, so I've, I've been doing this for five or six years now, school law stuff. Um, and so one of the things that was really interesting to me was when I, thinking back to when I first started, who was a super sophisticated user of social media and now who has done a really good job implementing that at their district? Mm-hmm. We still have a lot of districts who, for example, just started their Facebook pages, mm-hmm. their Twitter handles recently. Um, I think back to Dr. Mike Lucas at York, for example, as somebody who, if you're, and, and this will just say, even if, you know, you might already follow Dr. Lucas, but if he's not somebody you've reached out to about advice for how to effectively leverage social media at your school, um, he's a great one. And just as somebody, you, you asked for one, I'd say Dr. Lucas is the one that I think back and remember, he was giving presentations at conferences to his peers mm-hmm. about here's a really good way to go about that. So there, Sam, you're great at it. There are a lot of folks that absolutely have their own individual and unique ideas. But if you find yourself saying, wow, that administrator, the stuff they do is really good or that seems effective, reach out to them because mm-hmm. don't, don't reinvent respond. the wheel. They'll, They'll respond. Will. Yeah. That's part There's of the, so much support and help the out there. people that have it all together. The, the reason they do is they, you know, they had people that helped them. They'd be willing to help you. So, so much of it, you know, yeah, you don't always want to just do what the person down the road does or because we've always done it that way. But those people that are doing it right, reach out mm-hmm. to them. Yes. They've, they've been through the legal and all other aspects of it. And the other part is that NEBED chat that you guys all do. Mm-hmm. Um, that is helpful just to see what the issues are and that everybody's... And you find out, I'm not alone. Other people are experiencing this. Or you find out, oh, I am alone. I'm the, I'm the first guy to have to deal with this. So I, I have found this fascinating when, when I, I've been involved I save in those. those archives to my Evernote every week. I have all that so that you can go back and look at it because it's so useful. And the other thing that's nice about that, too, is if something pops up, you can ask a question, and they're so excited to answer. I was in Brainerd, just kind of lurking, following along, and I remember this was two years ago, and I texted my buddy Mark, and I said, what on earth is a makerspace? I've never heard of what a makerspace is. And he's like, I don't know, maybe we should ask him. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you keep talking about makerspace. What is that? Oh, let me tell you. People are linking me to articles. And pictures. All kinds of stuff. So, And I'm also glad you said Mike because he is the next scheduled podcast guest on October oh, 5th. Man, look at that. So 
boom, without even talking ahead of time, you're plugging our next episode. Man, the needs no introduction, oh. but you're welcome, Mike. <laughs> dig it, right on. Before we close up shop, anything else that you guys want to throw in? I, I, I guess I want to say this, and one of the things KSB is known for is we do a lot of work with digital citizenship. We're online a lot. I do not want administrators to cling to a fearful or a negative perception of these resources for educators or for mm-hmm. kids, right? This is stuff that can be misused, just like you know, liquor in a car, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not something that I want folks to be afraid of. And people listening to this podcast aren't probably that fear-based, but I just think that we need to be telling kids about the awesome things mm-hmm. that can be done using social media instead of just the negative stuff. I always tell people that if we're afraid of it, we're surrendering that tool to the predators. Yes. That's and exactly I right. Don't want to surrender that to the predators. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that could be a whole other podcast. We could be here another hour. We're going <laughs> to schedule another one one of these days. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for taking part in the podcast. Again, you've been listening to the NCSA Radio Podcast. Hey, if you know anybody that should be a guest, um, I'm easy to find. Mike is easy to find. We want to celebrate the great stories and get good information about out there about what's going on in our state. So give us a shout, give Mike a shout, and we will get something scheduled. Till next time, uh, keep downloading.